Welcome to this podcast by The Rocks Church. We hope you find it challenging and inspiring. For more information, visit therocks.church. Hello everyone, my name is Daniel. It's so good to have you here today, whether you're here in a building or wherever you are joining from. Uh, I'm so glad that you're here and I, I believe that it is never a coincidence Whenever someone tune in to listen to what God has to say, it's always not a coincidence. I believe God has something special that He wants to say to you, so I want to encourage you to lean in wherever you are, expect that God will speak to you, to your particular situation, and I'm sure, I'm sure you're going to be blessed for it, all right? We live in a tough time, don't we? And I appreciate my good friends, Glenn and Olga, for opening their home for this uh, new friends, uh, now you become our friends and our family right now, and we will continue to pray for you. And I believe after the gathering today, uh, they're going to be here. So if you want to speak to them, ask them specifically how you can help, how you can pray for them. I'm sure they'd love to tell you uh, how we can do that better. So I'm glad that we belong to a church that not only speak about love, but we actually show it, that we actually try to express our love for God, our love for Jesus by loving one another and helping and carrying each other's burden. And that's what Christianity is all about. Amen? We are in week three of our series, Galatians. And if you're wondering what Galatians is all about, it is actually one of the 27 books that we can find in our New Testament Bible. It is actually not a book. It is a letter written by a guy by the name of Paul from Tarsus. This guy is known as Paul. Sometimes he's known as Saul. We call him the Apostle Paul or Saint Paul. And Paul wrote this letter to the people who live in the area, this region called Galatia. I'm going to show you a little bit of map so that you know what, uh, where this, this area is. Galatia is right there on the top right-hand corner. You see the green section called Galatia. And all the lines on this map, uh, they actually represent the journeys that Paul have made over the years to plant churches, to start churches in all of this region. And one of the areas that he went to is this, one of the first actually, was Galatia. And he basically told the people of Galatia, mostly non-Jewish people, we call them Gentiles, and Paul had a very simple message for them. Paul just told them that this, there's the guy by the name of Jesus who died on the cross and then rose again on the third day for the purpose of giving all of us eternal life. And you can receive this gift of eternal life not by obeying the law, not by meeting certain requirements, but by simply trusting in Him, that His death became a substitute for us, uh, for our sin, and we can get freedom from our sin, from everything else that holds us back because he's, uh, took upon, he's taken upon Himself all the, the things that uh, sin represents. And then he rose again to show that he is who he says he is. He defeats death and, and sin and Satan through his resurrection. And now we too can enjoy this benefit of having a life that is truly life, a life that comes from God. It's a very simple message that the gospel of Jesus Christ is the gospel of grace that you receive simply by faith. But as soon as Paul left, 
there were a group of Jewish believers, Jewish Christians, who say, no, 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 Paul got it wrong. It is never enough for you to just believe in Jesus. It's never enough for you to just believe in God. You need to obey these laws that God have, has instituted to the Jewish people. You need to follow the festivals, the fasting, the feasts. You need to be circumcised and da, 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 da. The list goes on. And that's basically what religion is all about, isn't it? Religion, no matter which one it is, will tell you, you need to do certain things. You need to follow the rules or else. Whereas Jesus says, no, you just need to trust in me. You don't need to do anything else. I've done everything for you that you can never do on your own. So, Paul, knowing that the believers in Galatia, they received this false teaching, he went to write this letter to be read in the churches in Galatia, basically answering a very, very important question, the question that we all actually need to ask. So if you're not a Christian here this morning, or maybe you've been following Jesus for 50 years, it doesn't matter. This is the question that we all need to ask, and the question is, how does God actually relate to us? What does it mean to be right with God? Do we just need to trust Him? Or do we actually need to do stuff? That we actually need to do certain things? And Paul answered in a very powerful way. We looked at it last week. If you miss it, go and listen to the message. Basically, this is what Paul says. It can be summarized in Galatians 3, verse 24. He says, So the law was our guardian until Christ came. So it's only temporary. It serves its purpose, but it's not the reason why we get saved. Not the reason why we are accepted. The law was only our guardian until Christ came that we might be justified by faith. That's a big word for today. Justified. What does that mean, justified? It's actually simple. To be justified simply means we are declared righteous by God simply by believing in Him. That's what being justified means. We were guilty because of our sins, but God says, no, you are not guilty anymore. I hereby declare you righteous because of the righteousness of Jesus that became ours when we believe. So that's exactly what Paul said. You are not justified by keeping the law, but you are justified, declared righteous, simply by believing in Him. But that's not all. Today, as we move on to this, through this letter, Paul said, God has actually something even more powerful than just declaring you righteous. I believe today's message is really important, especially if you claim to be followers of Jesus Christ. Maybe you know this in your head. I don't know if you know this in your heart. For those of you who are not yet followers of Jesus Christ, this is the crux of Christianity. This is what Christianity is all about. It's not just about getting justified. It's not just about being declared righteous before God and go to heaven and have eternal life. But there's something even more beautiful. There's something even more powerful than that. And I want you to listen to what Paul has to say. In Galatians chapter 4, Paul says this. All right? But when the right time came, God sent His Son, born of a woman, subject to the law. There it is again. And God sent Him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that He could adopt us as His very own children. Pay attention to what Paul said very carefully. When the right time came, 
What is the right time? Well, 2,000 years ago or thereabout, when Jesus was born, a very important day, the day that separates B.C. from A.D., that was the right time according to God's plan. How was it the right time? It was the right time for many reasons. It was the right time theologically. The law has served its purpose. The law has done its job. Now it is time for Jesus, the Son of God, to come to reveal the heart of God. It was the right time theologically. It was the right time linguistically. Greek was the common language of that time, thanks to Alexander the Great. It was the lingua franca, or the common language of the day. Why is that important? It's important because then people of different culture, because they have the same language, they can receive the message of the gospel, and the message of the gospel can spread very quickly as well because of this common language. That's why we have our New Testament written in the Greek language. The third reason why it was the right time was because it was the right time politically. Roman Empire was in power, and thanks to Pax Romana, the road system was comprehensive at the time. Again, it enables the gospel to travel very, very quickly to the known world at the time. So God has set the stage. The world was prepped. Jesus came at the right time. At the right time, God sent His Son. Notice that. This Jesus he was not just an ordinary man. He was born in our world, but he didn't come from our world. He came from God. He was God's son. You know, when you are someone's son, you, are, you have the same entity. You have the same characteristic as your parents, right? So God says, this person called Jesus, he's not just ordinary person. He's actually my son. All right? He is God in the flesh. Not only is Jesus the Son of God, but He's actually 100% real person. He's like you and me. His blood is red, just like yours, just like mine, because He was born of a woman. All right? He was born. So this is hard to imagine. We, with our limited mind, we could not comprehend this, but it is true, right? Jesus is both 100% God, He is the Son of God, but at the same time, He is 100% man, just like you, just like me. Why is that important? It's important because then Jesus could become our substitute because only another human being can become our substitute. But this substitute cannot be subject to the law, you know, cannot be under the uh, influence of the law or sin. He had to be a free person. And because Jesus did not come from Adam, He came from the Spirit of God, Jesus is a free man, then He can free us from our slavery to sin and to the law and everything else, all right? So this is very important. He was subject to the law, even though he was actually, was never, ever, right, condemned by the law. It's very important that we understand this, that there that, that to a period of time, if you like, especially for the Jewish people, you know? So Jesus spoke two languages. At one time, Jesus spoke the language of the law, that's what happened when you read the gospel. Sometimes Christians get confused. Like, why is it when I read the gospel, it seems like there are so many demands, there's so many requirements, right? For example, listen to this. This is the words of Jesus in Matthew 23. The teachers of religious law and the Pharisees are the official interpreters of the law of Moses. So, 
practice and obey whatever they tell you. This is the word of Jesus. You gotta practice the law. You gotta obey the law. But don't follow their example for they don't practice what they teach. So this is one language that Jesus spoke because everybody at the time was under the law. Even Jesus was under the law. He was circumcised under the law. He was presented at the temple according to the law. But Jesus actually was never ever condemned by the law because he followed the law perfectly, the only one who could, all right? But since his death and resurrection, there was a new language, a beautiful language that he speaks to all of us, Gentiles or Jews, and that is the language of grace. And now Jesus says, you are no longer. The law has served its purpose. I am subject to the law, but now that I died for you and I rose again from the dead, you are no longer under the law. You are now under grace. You see, God sent Jesus to buy freedom for you and for me. Isn't that beautiful? That's what we need, isn't it? We are all slaves to sin. I don't know if you realize this or not, but there's no one perfect person in the whole universe. That's why we love our slogan, no perfect people allowed. We are all enslaved by sin. You try to do what is right, but somehow there's this power, there's this force that keeps pulling you to do what is wrong. That's why we can never do right all the time. That's why we got to be patient with one another. You know, we, we don't do what we want to do, and we keep doing things that we don't want to do, like the Apostle Paul said. So who can rescue us from this dilemma? Thanks be to God through Jesus, He came subject to the law in order to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law. And the reason why he did this, and this is the one that you cannot miss, all right? So if you've been checking your uh, Facebook or Instagram, if you're sitting at home and drinking, making a cup of tea, this is the part where you need to listen. The reason why Jesus wanted to free us is this, and this is very important, very powerful. Jesus says, so that, whenever you see a so that, that is a statement of purpose, right? Why? Why went through all this struggle and hardship. Why Jesus? This is the ultimate, ultimate reason that we cannot miss so that he could adopt us as his very own children. Wow. That is God's intention all along. For him to adopt you and to adopt me as his own children. That's why I said, you know, we got the screws in our brain to think that, okay, this is fantastic, this is great, but how can we believe it in our heart? This is too good to be true. Are you telling me, Daniel, that the God of the universe wanted to adopt me? Me? Does he even know who I am? Does he know what I've done? Does he know the sin that I've committed? Are you sure? Are you sure this God knows exactly who I am? The answer is yes. The answer is yes. His number one reason to send his beloved son, Jesus, the most precious thing he has in heaven, is so that he could adopt you and me to become his own children. All right? And this is the reason why we can know this for sure. Paul continues. He says, 
And because we are His children, God has sent the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, prompting us to call out, Abba, Father. The Holy Spirit that God has sent to live inside of you, this Holy Spirit will confirm to you that what I've been telling you is correct. What Paul has been telling you is correct, that it is God's desire to adopt you and make you one of His own, all right? This Spirit will tell you that you are no longer a slave, but you are now, listen, you are now a child of God. That is the most important thing for you to realize right now. What's the difference between slaves and, and, and children? Well, slaves are not going to be there forever, right? Slaves come and go, but children, come on. For those of you who are parents, you know children are going to be children. No matter how old they are, they're always going to be your children. And that's exactly God's desire for every single one of us. He wants you to be sure. That's why He sent the Holy Spirit to convict you, to convince you that you are indeed, through faith, the sons and daughters of God. And that same Spirit enables you to say, Abba, Father. Abba, Father. I mean, that is the most intimate term that you could imagine God used to relate to us how close He wants to relate to us. You know, it's not boss man, it's not yes sir, it's not Lord even curious, but it is Abba, Father, so intimate. You know, children don't understand all the legalities and the, the privileges of being children, right? Our children take it for granted. Like Jaden takes it for granted, I think, that someday he's going to inherit everything that I have. He takes for granted, you know, the power that comes with being a son. But to a son, that's not important. To a son, they love to call their dad, 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 dad. How many of you are parents of young children? How many times do your children call you dad every day? How many times do you think? 50 times a day, like, dad, dad. I remember when Jaden was younger, like, it, it seems to me, anyways, that every other word is dad. Dad, dad this, dad, that, dad, dad, dad. And I remember one time, you know, when he was younger, Jaden said, dad, dad. And I said, uh, yes, son, what's up? And I said, uh, and he's trying to think, you know, like, what to say to me, it was actually just, he just needed a confirmation that I was around, you know? He didn't really did anything else. Sometimes he made things up, you know? You know that thing? <laughs> but what they really need is actually that assurance. When you are a good father, you are never preoccupied with anything else. You're always going to be there for your children, right? And that's exactly what God wants you to know. That you can call him daddy. You can call him father. That's important. Why is that important? Because knowing that we are justified, that we are declared righteous, that's very cold, isn't it? It's very legalistic. It is actually a legal term to be justified, to be declared righteous. And God says, no, I want more than that. I want not only to declare you righteous, I want to adopt you because I don't want you to, to think that I'm cold and distant, you know. Justification is a legal term. It's like this righteous judge was sitting on his bench and we were right there, right? 
listening, just waiting for the judgment coming from this judge. We were in our chains, just hoping and praying that this judge would be kind, right? So that's justification. The righteous judge declares us righteous, not guilty, forgiven, free to go. But God says, there's more. This very same judge, he would step down from his bench and he would approach you and he personally, lovingly, would take the, sh- the chain off of you and say to you, you've been orphaned all this while. Now you are orphaned no longer because you will be my child and I will be your father. You had nothing, but now I want you to have everything. That's what God wants you to know today. That's what you cannot miss. Even if you've been following Jesus for many, many years, my question to you is, are you living like a spiritual son or daughter, or are you living like a spiritual orphan? Do you know that you have a heavenly Father who loves you unconditionally, eternally? Do you experience joy day to day of being His son, His daughter? Do you experience peace in your heart? Or do you always have the need to prove yourself? Do you always have the need to make a name for yourself? Do you always have the need to create a future for yourself? And in so doing, act like a spiritual orphan. God says, no. I want you to know, child, more than anything, that you are my son, my beloved son, and you are my daughter. You know, I have to be honest with you, confession time, right? Pastor, pastors are human too. For the longest time, I knew this in my head, but it was, I didn't know this truth in my heart. I knew that God is my heavenly Father, but in my heart, I always like relate to Him like He's my master, like He's my boss, you know, my angry boss. I, I know He says He loves me, but in, in my heart, I, I feel like God is saying to me, I love you, Daniel, you're part of the family, but I'm kind of disappointed in you. I, I love you, Daniel, but uh, I kind of wish that you would be a bit better uh, and, and try to do better with your life. You know, I always feel that I wasn't enough and I always try to please Him, please Him, please Him. And God says, hey, <laughs> there's nothing to please. I'm your Father. You know, I knew it here, but I didn't know it here. And this morning, God wants you to know it right here that you are His son, you are His daughter. There's nothing for you to prove, right? Until you draw a big fat line between who you are and what you do, you will never truly understand God's heart, right? You are always God's child no matter what. He may not always approve what you do because it doesn't, it's not good for you, but you will always be His children. So as we close today, I want us to sing this very, very powerful song that kind of sums up what we've been talking about. 
And I don't want this to be another song, you know. I want you to sing, even if you're at home or in the car. Pay attention to the lyrics of this song and, 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 and try to sing it from, from your belly, from the bottom of your heart and declare that, you know, we're not going to believe in the lies anymore. When the lies speak louder than the truth, we're going to declare the truth that we are the sons and daughters of God. Shall we stand on our feet and I come back and pray for us? Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more great resources and to keep yourself up to date, head to our website. Visit therocks.church.com.